Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 149. I'm Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games. Um, hey, it's 100, episode 150 is next week. Is there anything special that's going to happen? Absolutely not. But but we'll be here. I'll be celebrating in my heart. <laughs> um, uh, but but you know, so it'll be a pretty typical episode. Uh, but this week's episode actually might be slightly different than usual. Um, so I don't have a ton to say about what I've been playing. Um, I've been playing Animal Crossing. Uh, New Horizons still, nothing really new there. Pretty much, if you want to hear my thoughts on that, you can go listen to last week's episode. Uh, And then I also went ahead and started up Gabriella's Ghostly Groove. And I originally planned to talk about this game on the podcast, but it's a very short game. And uh, I went ahead and beat it. <laughs> so so now that I've beaten it, and I, I pretty much 100% of the game too, uh, there's a couple things I didn't bother with because they're kind of annoying. But, um, but I pretty much 100% of the game. And now that I'm done with it, I'm kind of like, well... Time to do a quick play of it to go in depth on it. So I probably won't talk about that much during this podcast. I will say it kind of surprised me in some ways. It was kind of exactly what I expected it to be, but it also went a little further in some ways than I than I thought it would, particularly the challenge level, especially since the the story mode is is a very fairly simple uh upfront. Um but but the the challenge and the post-game content is is slightly higher. Um, so yeah, I, I talk about it a little bit as well on my gaming pickups video that's going to be coming up on uh, uh, Wednesday this week. So you'll get a little bit of a, a glimpse of what my thoughts are on on that game. So really, when it comes to playing games, that's mostly it. I'll talk about a couple other things that I've been doing um, here in a minute. Uh, but the other thing I want to go ahead and do is just kind of get over these very small number of news stories I have here as well. Uh, one is that uh, Hotaru no Niki... Uh, which in the U.S. name was The Firefly Diaries, or it was like a subtitle to it. If you don't know, this is that game that had the really weird title in uh, Japan and, and in the U.S. as well, which is like H-T-O-L, number sign, N-I-Q. Uh, but anyways, it's a, it was a Vita game that I've always wanted to try out, but the problem is I have a Vita TV, so and it was a very touchscreen-focused game to my understanding. Um, and so I never really bothered with it and it's coming to iOS and Android, which seems like a very smart port. I, I had never even thought about the fact that I never, never went there. So, so that seems like a, a smart decision and, and probably, you know, assuming the port's decent, probably a decent way to play that game. Um, that being said, I don't think I'll play it still. I, I think I would, I would rather play Yomawari, uh, before I actually played, uh, that game. If you don't know what Yomawari was, it was like a, uh, kind of a top-down horror game with, uh, with some 2D art assets. And it just, it's got a kind of like a similar aesthetic to me, so it reminds me a lot of it. So whenever I, th- I see, uh, uh, the Firefly Diaries, I'm always thinking that Yomawari game. And then a quick update to a couple of, uh, of games I've talked about in the past. One is, uh, Giraffe and Anika. Uh, that's getting a PS4 release now too. I don't know if that was announced before. This is the first time I've seen mentioned of it. And the Western release is, uh, supposedly sometime in August. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. It came out on PC a while ago. So if you did want to play it, you can. Uh, I played the demo on PC, but I'd rather play it on console just because it makes capturing the game a lot easier if I ever want to talk about it or or show it off on stream or something like that. Capturing PC stuff is pretty finicky, as I'll talk a little bit about here in a bit. And finally, there was also some new gameplay details for VVV Tunia, um, which was pretty pretty light on uh, on on uh, specifics. But kind of what stood out to me was basically 
if you don't know, this VVV Tunia game is a Neptunia game, um, and it's it's going to be incorporating uh, VTubers, and so there'll be a lot of like guest appearance guest appearance VTubers. And I think there's like two characters that are specific to that game, or or maybe are Compile Hearts VTubers already or something like that. Um, but what caught my eye about this game initially was uh, there there are shooting mechanics in the game. I haven't played enough Neptunia games to say if that's that's something that's shown up in other games, at least to the extent that it is in here. But it's basically like a third person shooter for certain characters. But you can also switch over to melee combat characters, which seems to play a lot more like a typical typical Neptunia game, and I like the movement when you're when you're in the third person view. There's a lot of like uh, kind of like hovering around and dashing and things like that. Um, there's also like this purification element to it too. You purify the haters, is I think what they call it. <laughs> very very Neptunia <laughs> way to put that. Um, but I don't I didn't really understand from from what I was reading on Silicon Era what what the impact of that was. If it's just like you know. The way they justify like doing damage to things as well, um, but it seems like only like I think it's only the four goddesses can shoot the the guns, and then everybody else might be limited to melee attacks. Is kind of my understanding f from that article. So that'll be a little disappointing if that's the case. But it seems like you kind of switch between the two. So so it seems like you'll always have have one character or the other on hand. I, I would like to see more more variation in that game. The one thing that I saw that was kind of somewhat stand out was uh, basically during the boss battles, like there's there's music that goes along with it. I assume vo vocal music sold, sung by the uh, VTubers. If you don't know VTubers, typically like a lot of, you know, Japanese voice actors and stuff will, will have like, you know, singing experience and things like that. So, so a lot of them will do singing in addition to voicing characters. Um, and so a lot of them will, will have like singles and stuff they put out. If you look at Kizuna Ai, the most popular one, she's got quite a few songs at this point, I think. So, so yeah, basically like the, the, the music that plays during the boss battle, uh, kind of affects the, the boss stats, your stats and, and things like that. So depending on like where you're at in the song, um, you know, you'll have different benefits and detriments, which I think could be interesting, but I don't really know if I trust Neptunia to, to implement that in an interesting way or not. It might just be kind of straightforward. I, I want to, I want to be interested in VVVTunia, but I don't know if I'll ever, but I don't know if I'll ever get around to it. I never ended up playing through, um, Four Goddesses Online either. I picked that up a while ago because it looked pretty cool, um, but have not spent the time on it, unfortunately. And that's kind of it for, for game news stuff. So so what I wanted to focus on this episode a little bit was A, talk about a problem I'm having, which you might be aware of if you've been uh, following me on, on Twitter, um, and, and B, kind of go more in-depth on the, the content updates and stuff that's going to be uh, coming up in the near future. Um, so, so to talk about a little bit of problem I'm having, uh, and this kind of explains why I'm kind of jammed up on games a little bit. Um, so if you don't know, in, in the 2020 or in the 2019 review article, I mentioned wanting to like focus on RPGs uh, this year, specifically Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, but I kind of bit off more than I can chew. Um, so so Animal Crossing is definitely taking up a, a chunk of time right now. That like time I would usually be spending with uh, RPGs. I think I talked about this a little bit last week. And then Xenoblade Chronicles X is in there. And then also. Um, uh, Final Fantasy XIV is in there. So I won't go over that too much because, you know, the fact is I talked about it last week. Um, but it's kind of extending into other issues now where, you know, like the Final Fantasy VII Remake came out and I, I really want to check that out. And I have a lot of people ask me, when are you going to check it out? When are you going to play it? And I just don't know. 
I don't know when I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I do really want to check it out. It looks really cool. I, from what I played at the demo, I was very impressed by, you know, you can listen to my podcast a few weeks ago about that. Um, and, and I'm pretty happy to check it out. It's just literally not even just like a general game time thing. It's a RPG time thing because in addition to Xenoblade Chronicles X and, uh, um, and Final Fantasy XIV, there's other kind of struggles I'm having right now. Um, so I'm actually playing Valkyria Revolution at the moment. If you don't know Valkyria Revolution, I wrote an article about it um, right before I launched this website, actually. And uh, and I'm very passionate about that game. And I would really like to to have a more broader-reaching form to, to talk about that game for people rather than that old article that I that I posted up like three years ago. So I wanna I wanna go ahead and convert that article into a video. Um so I'm actually replaying that game. So I plan to play through probably about half of it, but it's pretty it's a pretty lengthy RPG. So I'm probably gonna have to dump a good 15, 20 hours into it. I've already spent actually a good chunk of this week playing playing through it again. Um, so that's a challenge because I need the gameplay footage. I, I recorded some gameplay back at the time, but I didn't understand how, how faulty my capture card capturing software was. And so I was using the built-in one, which was bad and created a ton of problems and fixing it would, would, would be a lot of effort. Um, I'd rather just get a bunch of new footage and, and leave it at that, uh, and then use that, uh, a lot more cleanly. Um, so I'm working on that, and I'm happy to say I still feel just as strongly about that game as I used to. There's a lot of elements of that game I really like. So the biggest problem at this point is, uh, so I started, so I took the article and I was like, okay, I'm gonna change this to a script. Thought it was gonna be a fairly seamless process. Ah ha ha ha! Why would that be seamless? Uh, I actually tore the entire thing apart. Um, so, so now I'm reworking everything again. I, I am using the original article as a fan foundation and, and, you know, a lot of what I explained in that, um, made a lot of sense, but sometimes I felt like I was like, oh, I can narrow the, or can shorten this down for a video to make it shorter, um, and things like that, or, or, or compress some elements of it. So, so I'm doing that and, uh, and I spent probably about like two to three hours on it, um, so far and I'm, I'm probably about halfway done. Um, the biggest struggle I had, and this is a struggle I had when I originally did Valkyrie Revolution was, um, or the Valkyrie Revolution article is that there's a very, very specific line of, um, I guess a specific, very specific relationship between the gameplay and the story in that game. And part of me wants to mix up the gameplay and story all at once, but then also part of me wants to just keep them separate. So like sometimes I end up in an article with the, a version of the article that has like, here's all the story stuff at the beginning. Okay, here's all the gameplay stuff. That's the end of the video. But other times I sit there and try to mix the two together. And then it, I feel like you kind of, it's easy to lose track of like what I'm talking about at times. So, so I'm trying to find that balance again. Uh, especially as I kind of rewrite everything. So that's happening. Um, also the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Yellow Brick Road. I, I pretty much finished, I finished a, a partial draft for it before, and now I've finished a full draft of it, but I tore up the whole, old, old partial draft as well. So I kind of reworked everything <laughs> again. I uh, spent another like three or four hours on this one. Um, and so that one's definitely, I think going to be a video. And the, the, the challenge I have with that is again, it's a DS game. Uh, if you don't know, uh, I usually capture DS games using the Wii U. I'll, I'll run uh, I'll run DS games on my Wii U uh, using the Virtual Console style, which essentially you just like inject the game data into New Super Mario Brothers, and it'll be like, "I'm playing New Super Mario Brothers." It's like, no, I'm actually playing Fantasy Star Zero or something. 
And um, and then so then the game will try to do that. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. In the case of Wizard of Oz, it does not work out. And the game just crashes immediately. Um, so unfortunately, I don't have a good way to capture that. Um, I, I have found a couple of methods that I'm looking into for doing that. Uh, but because I didn't capture it initially when I played through it, that means I got to play through it again and capture it again. So that's about, that's another 20 hour long game. I'm going to probably take a similar tactic to that I did with Valkyria um, Revolution, where I just kind of try to minimize the amount of gameplay I capture and then start editing a video and see uh, see what, what I need. And so maybe I'll go like halfway through the game. But the problem with um, um, Wizard of Oz Beyond the Yellow Brick Road is that a lot of its key mechanics, I feel like, don't really start to peek their head out until later in the game. So there's a very good possibility I'll need to play the majority of that game. But thankfully, it's a shorter RPG. I could maybe, you know, get away with playing anywhere between 12 to 15 hours, hopefully. But we shall see. That's another RPG. And then also, coming up in May, we have Sorter Online Alicization or Lycoris. If you don't know, that's a, that is a Sorter Online game that I think has some interesting looking battle mechanics, uh, particularly a lot of with the pacing of the battles, and they're, they are limited in scope compared to the other Sorter Online games. Uh, maybe closer to what Hollow Fragment had, actually, in, in some ways, but it's also kind of a slower battle system i that comes out uh, on may 22nd and i i still want to check it out and i and i fear that if i just let it pass by i won't actually check it out uh but the problem being is that i've got all this other stuff going on and may 22nd is coming up in a month and i'm not going to be done with any of these things in a month unfortunately so that's probably the first game that's gonna be on the chopping block i forgot if i mentioned it earlier but final fantasy 7 remake is basically have been has been chopped off already so I don't know. We'll keep an eye on it. See how I'm feeling closer to release date. And then finally, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition comes out soon, which I also talked about recently. And, uh, you know, thankfully, I don't have to play through the whole main game again to get the new content. But uh, I'm going to guess that new content's at least 10 to 20 hours long. So, you know, it'll be a chunk of time. That'll be a lot more manageable. I think when it comes to that game coming out, I will definitely kind of prioritize that content and check it out. Uh, as soon as I can, especially since it is, it, I'm assuming it's kind of bite-sized. I'm hoping it's the case. I would not expect them to dump another 50-hour RPG on top of the original Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, so, so that's my hope. Um, so, so yeah. So, in explaining all that, basically what I'm just saying is I have too many JRPGs in my life right now, and the beginning of this year has been kind of brutal on that. Um, so, what is the short-term plan? Honestly. The, the only things I'm really committed to at this second is getting as much gameplay as I need for Valkyrie Revolution and figuring out the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Elaborate Road stuff because that actually affects content flow on the website. So that those are my two main goals. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X is definitely uh, high on my list of wanting to, to address that and get some progress in it. I forget if I mentioned Shining Resonance. I have not got any further in that game. That I still need to do. <laughs> also developed by the Valkyrie Revolution development team. But yeah, Shining Resonance, I, that's like a 20-hour game. I really should focus on that game and just get it off the list just so I don't have to think about it anymore. Uh, anyways, RPGs. I love it. Thank you for listening to me uh, whine about RPGs for a while here real quick. Um, you know what? I'm going to... I, instead of just jumping into, into some plugging stuff about what I'm doing in the future... Uh, you know, let's, let's do a, let's do a fortune cookie. If you don't know, the fortune cookie is essentially a feature where I pull a random game out of my collection 
and uh, using or I, did I say fortune cookie? It's the the video gaming bit, but I used the fortune cooking section on the backloggery website to do this. But video gaming bit is basically a section where I pull a random game out of my collection using a randomizer software on the backloggery website and try to talk about it for a little bit. Um, some of these, depending on if I have put time into or not, I may deny talking about them. But one game I have put time into that came up immediately is Christmas Nights. And no, not the Saturn version of the Christmas Nights, unfortunately. This is the PlayStation 3 version that's on PlayStation Network. I believe you can also get it on PC and Xbox 360. I think the PC version was recently on sale on Steam, if I recall correctly. I think I saw uh, Rowan Carmichael from the Platforms and Pitfalls podcast talking about it and how I think it's actually like not listed on the Japanese Steam store uh, to be purchased on PC. But yeah, this game, I, I, I like it a lot. You may have, I think I did some kind of Christmas content surrounding this game uh, uh, earlier th- or a, a handful of months ago too. Maybe it was Halloween content. I think Halloween is what I did. But w- w- what's kind of interesting about Christmas Nights is in kind of talking about the Halloween thing is that there's actually a lot of holidays into this game. Uh, I believe it has uh, kind of different uh, visual elements for uh, Valentine's Day, New Year's as well, but Christmas is definitely the focus. Uh, the story is is very Christmas focused, like you know the two kids from the main uh, Nights game, uh, like walking around this like snowy town and they have like Santa suits on and stuff. In the opening cutscene, the actual the actual level itself is basically just the first level from the game, kind of retextured. And so, so it looks different. I don't know if there's any mechanical differences between it, uh, but you know, Knights himself looks different. Uh, the kids, they have uh, uh, Christmas outfits on, things like that. The one regret I have about the PlayStation Network version of this game, and I assume the other versions of this game too, is that in the in those versions of the game uh, of original Knights on on those, is that you have a choice between the newer graphics, the HD graphics, and then you also have a choice of playing with the Saturn graphics, but with a, running in HD. So, you know, you have the big old blocky models. Um, but Christmas Nights does not have that option. So you are stuck with the original, uh, or with the, the redone graphics, which I, th- I think the reasoning behind that was because I think they actually did add some content to this, this version. Um, or at least in, in one of the versions that got ported over. If you don't know, Knights also got like a PS2 port as well. I'm not quite sure what's in that version of the game and what kind of graphics it has. Uh, but yeah, so so you can't unfortunately play with the Saturn graphics. But I like this game a lot. I wish there were more um, holiday-themed games. There was like a, a Christmas Jazz Jack Rabbit pack, I remember when I was younger. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of games you did have kind of like some special things going on around the Christmas time. In some ways we have that more than ever in some ways, uh, but they're, but they're live games. So, so, you know, Destiny, Final Fantasy 14, all those games have their Christmas events. Um, but, but it's not really something that's like baked into the game ahead of time or something like that, which, you know, is, is kind of a good and a bad thing, I feel like, in some ways. I don't, I don't know quite know why those feel so different to me. Um, Christmas Nights, obviously, is a, a game on its own, although it's more of like a demo disc for Nights than anything, uh, since it only has the first level of the game in there. It's not really intended to be, um, to be like a standalone product, per se. So, yeah, I like Christmas Nights. I like festive games in general. Um, um, I wish we saw more of that kind of stuff that was outside of live games. I I don't know why live games festive events don't don't resonate with me as much. Um, even when I think back to like Fantasy Star Online's uh, 
content, even though that game, obviously, on the Dreamcast and GameCube, didn't really have the ability to download any content. There were some light download kind of things, like you technically download quests, but that's that's not... It was it wasn't like you're downloading new environments or models very often, if, if at all. Um, and, and, but like, even those have like their Christmas events online and things like that. And for some reason, just like having it connected to an online server kind of hurts some of the, the value of it to me, maybe because it's the idea that it could go away someday. I'm not sure why that's a, that's something I'd have to think about more to figure out. So Anyways, Christmas nights. I don't know if that, that was a valuable set of information for me to explode about, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was a Halloween stream I did uh, uh, last year. I basically tried to do a bunch of like festive Halloween games. Uh, I was like, any game that has a pumpkin or or cute ghosts and stuff. Like, not I didn't want to play any survival horror games. I, I wasn't. I didn't want to play it like do scary Halloween stuff. I wanted to do festive Halloween stuff. I can't remember what else we checked out in that that, that thing. Oh, we played Pen Pen Triathlon. I need to play more Pen Pen Triathlon. <laughs> I'm so excited for Pen Pen Triathlon. Um, anyways, so I kind of talked a little bit about, um, you know, what I'm doing with Valkyrie Revolution and what my plans are for the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Yellow Brick Road. I'm not sure which video of those are going to come first at the moment. It, it's really just probably going to end up being whichever one gets into, um, you know, the, the the first position to get video editing done. Uh, I'm I'm seem to be more focused on Valkyrie Revolution when it comes to capturing gameplay, but when it comes to the script, uh, my Valkyrie Revolution script is a bit more uh dis in dis dispersed or something right now. I don't know the, the word I'm looking for, but um, but yeah. So so to also give some some more in depth updates about a handful of other things, and also talk a little bit about what I was kind of brainstorming a little bit, uh, which you might have seen on on Twitter. Uh, I was kind of asking some questions about uh, some things. Uh, one, first and foremost, uh, uh, next week I have the pickups video coming out. Um, I will warn you real quick that um, in editing that pickups video, I realized the camera was a little too close to the games. And you do get to see the entire case most of the time. Uh, but when I was like moving the case around and stuff, it kind of cut, cut it off a little bit. Um, you know, I do cut gameplay into that video. So, so you're not like staring at the game case the whole time. But I just wanted to let you know that that it is a little, a little not really camera positioned properly. But it wasn't bad enough for me to want to re-record the whole thing. Uh, especially since I had already kind of started editing it before I kind of noticed what was happening. So I left it as is. So so you'll see that Wednesday, uh, this, this week rather. I think I said next week. This week. Um, and then I'm also, I think I mentioned it last week with, a, I did a... Uh, podcast with uh, Keith Shizuo about uh, budget game collecting and selling. That's the next major project that's going on right now. Uh, I just got to start uh, editing. And then after that, we'll do the Valkyrie Revolution or Wizard of Oz video, depending on what comes up next. Um, and then after that, I am looking at doing a PCFX related podcast with, uh, with somebody. Um, I really feel like uh, there's kind of two things I want to address with it. Um, one, I kind of had a, a, a different view of the PCFX when I came into it. I think like a lot of people do. And the more and more I look at the PCFX's library, the more I kind of realized my view of what that library was was not exactly accurate. And recently I've been seeing more people talking about the PCFX in kind of the more mainstream retro game circles. 
and and their dialogue was very centered around the same kind of thoughts I had around the platform. So so that's something that I want to kind of just talk a little bit about of of what the platform is, what the type of games are on there, and and kind of kind of give a a look at the the system as a whole in in, in some ways. Uh, and then I also just kind of want to talk about also uh, games that are uh, fairly accessible and stand out on the platform. I think I think those are my two goals with that podcast. Um, you know, some of those I already talked about. Obviously, I have my Team Innocent video and uh, and uh, Hunex Fighters '98. So so I've done a couple things with it. Um, I, I I really will probably be leaning somewhat more on my guests than usual, but I plan to do quite a bit of research. I'll probably have to play. I, you know, I bought a handful of PCFX games in Japan, so I'll definitely check those out at least a little bit to get a feel for them, um, so I can talk about them a bit more. Um, and then also we're we're playing Lady Cop on a on a stream soon here. So so that's that's kind of my next podcast goal, but I haven't really outlined it. So, so I'm still working that out. Still got to run it by the, the person I get invited to, uh, to join, uh, and then, and then make sure we're on the same page with that. And that it's something that we're both, you know, happy talking about. Uh, so that is in the plan. Uh, the second thing is something that I, uh, also, and this is even further out and I don't know if this is going to happen or not because it's actually, it would be a fairly large project and it would, would take a lot of time. And I'm not even sure if it'd be part of the traditional output on the website. It might be its own special series of things. Um, I, one thing I've always wanted to do was talk about Final Fantasy 11 more. Um, I've talked a little bit, like I have a couple of articles on my website about, uh, kind of the, the beginning of Rise of Zillart, uh, and its story. Uh, I, I, I did a article about the transformation of, uh, Vana Deal with, uh, Ergon when they re- released Treasures of Art Ergon. Um, I may, I may be pronouncing these wrong. Don't give me crap about it, please. (laughs) Um, um, and, uh, and things like that. And, and, and Final Fantasy 11 is definitely a topic I've always wanted to talk about more. Um, even down to like, you know, the, the development stuff. Cause I did the, the selfie NAR article and things like that. Um, and I don't feel like me alone has the capability of doing that. Uh, I played that game for about four or five years, maybe less than that. Even it, it feels a lot longer than it was. And I played it for a very particular period of time. I played it in the, the mid to late 2000s. So so I have a very narrow scope of where that game is. And I've played it off and on since then. And, and I've talked about it when it's when it's come up. But but it's difficult for me to really give a good perspective on that game. So so what I'm, I'm looking at maybe doing is doing more of a podcast series about Final Fantasy XI. Bringing in a variety of people. Maybe not all on one podcast. But you know at least one on one as we talk about certain podcasts our topics and and really with the goal of first and foremost uh looking at final fantasy 11 and identifying its place in the series the importance of it i think it's important to communicate like what that game's place is in in the series and you know um admittedly not every final fantasy has the the biggest footmark on the franchise final fantasy 2 there are some things about final fantasy 2 you can say but it's also a game you know original final fantasy 2 not the the u.s one but there's a lot of like there's not a lot of fanfare for that game uh there's not a lot of history with that game that kind of floats around anymore like Fearon shows up but that's kind of it um so that's not to say you know every final fantasy has that footprint i do think it's important to talk about that game a little bit and kind of identify what people like about it but my my main goal here too in addition to like you know talking about this game and making it understandable for people who who, you know, are just interested in Final Fantasy XI but don't, haven't necessarily played it or may na- never play it. Um, 
is to also kind of avoid nostalgic talk. It's something that I've struggled with a lot where I talk about Final Fantasy XI and you start talking about like the good old days of Final Fantasy XI and you start telling, you know, essentially war stories about that game. And that's that's a lot of the conversation about Final Fantasy XI. I'm guessing that's a lot of the conversation about dated MMOs in general. I imagine, you know, mid-2000s World of Warcraft is, is very similarly, similar or like or people who like the original EverQuest. So, so I really want to avoid that because I think that's a very alienating conversation in a lot of ways. I think it can be somewhat fascinating, but I think it's it's a... It's a little too prevalent when people talk about Final Fantasy XI. So, so I want to talk a lot about about you know its relevance outside of of you know just time and place. So, I want to talk about more than that. Um, what are those things exactly? I'll be honest with you, I don't really know. It's 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 a struggle for me to talk about Final Fantasy XI. But but I'm hoping and bringing in other people and trying to direct the conversation in a, in a way that that's aimed at at finding those answers uh might be might be valuable but that's going to be a big task like like the the initial introduction that's going to be a struggle as is but then also i kind of want to go on and kind of talk about the game more from there maybe cut it up into segments of like certain years ranges people who've been playing you know across different time periods and and kind of what the game was and how it developed in those time periods and things like that i think that would be interesting as well but i think first and foremost for sure um i have to talk about what that game is, why it's relevant, and why, as somebody who hasn't played Final Fantasy XI, even if you're not going to play it, what you need to know about Final Fantasy XI to, to, you know, better appreciate it, I guess. Will that happen? Who can say? <laughs> but but I can dream big. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. So, those, those are kind of the upcoming things uh, that, I, that I've been thinking about. And, and hopefully, hopefully they come to fruition. I say this, but if you go read my, my 2019 year in review, if you, if you don't know my year in review post, I kind of do a, a talk about what I plan to do in 2020. And, uh, I don't think any of the things I plan to do in 2020 have come true yet. We're halfway through April. <laughs> so, so we shall see. We shall see. I think two years in a row, I've committed to trying to finished Xenoblade Chronicles X and have not made a lot of good progress on that. So yes, thanks. Anyways, thank you for sticking around. If you stick around for this kind of, I would say in some ways, self-indulgent episode, but maybe you're also curious about what's coming up, what's been on my mind in a lot of these game, these things. Um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully Christmas nights was exciting. I, I don't know. I, I didn't have a lot to work with this week. So I was thankful that I was able to kind of throw some stuff down and figure it out so hopefully next week is a bit more more uh fruitful from both a me playing games perspective and a uh news perspective at least news perspective that would be helpful but i'll I'll try to think of some stuff that i can uh plug into the podcast if if things go go bad maybe it'll be a uh fortune cookie exclusive 100 episode 150 the fortune cookie special or the, the video gaming bit special uh 15 games in 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Still streaming Left Alive on uh, on Thursdays at 7 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, so if you want to tune in for that, go ahead and, and do that. I kind of I kind of feel like I've got everything I need to know about Left Alive at this point. I, I, I'm just ready to finish it. We'll see. Maybe it'll surprise me in some way, but I feel like I'm pretty good on what that game is. I enjoy it. I think it's pretty fun. Uh, Alex mentioned in the stream that the game probably got some patches that kind of fixed up a lot of the issues, um, which is kind of interesting. I might, I might look into the patch notes and see what, what they kind of uh, addressed. 
But uh, but yeah, and then you know, typical podcast every every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on uh, YouTube or the website wonkshowport.com. Uh, if you didn't check it out last week, I put up the Atokadol video. Thank you so much if you watched it. I was very happy with that video overall. I seem to get a decently good response, but also I sent it to some of the Japanese community and I don't know if they listened to it or or what, or if they just liked it because they could. <laughs> um, so it does have uh, more likes than my videos usually get that early on. Uh, but it's one of those games that, you know, people aren't looking for a Tokadol. So the people who follow me looked at it and then going forward, it will be what pops up when people look for a Tokadol, hopefully. <laughs> maybe well we'll see you know you gotta compete with the 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 music uh videos that are not music videos but like konami uploaded a bunch of the the ost on uh on youtube so people so if you look up took it all it's almost all all of that music stuff that, that that shows up so so yeah anyways thank you again for coming wonkshortwork.com is the website i hope you have a great week bye